The views and opinions expressed by various contributors to 98.5 CKWR and its radio programs are their own and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of 98.5 CKWR Wired World, Inc., its broadcasters, staff, or volunteers. Listeners are urged to use their own discernment and draw their own conclusions. Good morning, my name is Rob Daniels, and welcome to Visions in Sound. Now, for those that may be joining me for the very first time, Visions in Sound is a movie, TV, and video game soundtrack program that I produce each and every week, right here on 98.5 CKWR. Well, here we are, show number 32 of 2022, and show number 1,137, if you're keeping track that way. We kick off August, yes, August, with a look at... Three similar, but uniquely different versions of Pride and Prejudice. Now, joining me this week is my co-host, and she's been on the program a couple of times, but uh, longtime friend, Susan Gao. Susan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rob. I'm glad to be back to speak with with you about another favorite of mine (laughs) in the world of film, and in this case, in literature, too. Um, but before I do that, I want to wish you a very happy birthday. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. (laughs) Special wishes for you with lots of laughs and music for all the years to come, huh? (laughs) For sure. For sure. Okay. So as you know, the novel was written by Jane Austen and published in 1810 in England. Okay. Um, there, according to the, (laughs) the hunt for information that I did, there have been at least 17 movies made of Pride and Prejudice okay. since 1938, and so many other adaptations, According all of this according to the University of Virginia course content on Pride and Prejudice alone. Yep. So I want you to know I could speak or comment for hours about my appreciation of the Austin story, and in particular the 2005 Joe Wright film. Yes. Um, It's a hugely collaborative film. And as you and I have discussed many times, for me, that's a really key component to effective filmmaking. For sure. When everyone's pitching in and, and 
brainstorming and 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 adding to the whole mix. Mm-hmm. So you and I decided to take a look and compare three adaptations. Yes. The 2004 Bollywood version, mm-hmm. Pride and Prejudice. Yes. The 2005 UK film, Pride and Prejudice. Right. And the 2016 Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yep. And I will <laughs> confess to your audience that that I got five minutes in. And as Rob knows, is I can't handle gore, I can't handle violence, and I just oh I tried so hard, Rob. Yeah. But it was not not gonna work. Yeah. So what we decided was to compare these three mm-hmm. <laughs> out of so many, yes. um, according to the music, yep. the visuals or the cinematography. And the adaptation of the novel, so I guess that would include what? Direction, script, and editing. Yeah. Right? Yes. Okay. So, let me give you a little bit of background. Okie dokie. I'm not sure how many times I've actually read the novel. Probably too many to count. (laughs) Um, But one of the things that I had to do to give myself context was to look up the the 1800s, um, which period of music and art was prevalent, you know, how it was defined. And it's certainly defined as romantic music or romantic artists. So what does that include? (laughs) To summarize it (laughs) and not not do a university course (laughs) on it, it's essentially looking at the intense energy or passion that can be found in nature and in people's self-expression. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's emotional. And that's a shift from particularly culture in the UK and in Western Europe. Um, because it was very strict and straight-laced before that. Right. And, of course, afterwards we get into the Victorian area and it becomes even more so. So who are those romantic musicians? Well, Tchaikovsky is is the key one. Yep. Chopin is, I think, um, one that's um, copied for this movie. His okay. works are copied. Although I also know that Beethoven's early piano concertos um, are mimicked in this film. So, you know, there's Liszt and Mendelssohn and Brahms, Dvorak, you know, all the folks that maybe many of the the listeners are are familiar with. I don't know. The artists themselves are the British, um, uh, um, 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 J.M. William Turner. Right. And even there's an American artist named Asher Brown Durand. Um, Delacroix could be included, so could Monet at the tail end of it. Yes. And that's and that's something that happened apparently with the 2005 film version. Right. Was that they, they know that it's, they being the production folks, know that it's centered at the early 1800s, but they stretch some of the fashion and they stretch some of the other statements into the late 1800s. So that would be why these folks are involved in terms of the yeah in terms of the actual music my understanding and it's probably something that you're very familiar with is that this 
it has a song-like melody to romantic music or the music of the romance era. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And there's a lot of of chromatic harmonies and discords. There's dramatic contrasts in dynamics and pitch. There's the full orchestra feel because by this point, brass and and the invention of the valve have occurred and so there are these recurring themes that go on and on right right okay so there we have i think our basic reference points yes (laughs) i hope for the conversation tonight (laughs) now to fill you in on a bit of of the novel yes which i have not read i just want to point that out it's it's something that um, when you suggested Pride and Prejudice, I went, really? Exactly. But. Exactly. But. I totally get your response, right? Because yeah. you kind of roll your eyes and say, oh, my God, who the hell wants to watch a romance story? <laughs> I'm not wanting to watch a rom-com. Well, it's not a rom-com. No. And I think it's really important to note that the book is in so what, a couple hundred years? Yes. So there's a little bit more than just a romance story to the book. Yes. And my sense of it is that it is very much a satirical social commentary. Um, and that there is the romance tale. But then I would also suggest to you there is a capital R romantic uh, taste, flavor to yes, the book. for sure. Um, so there are some really good character observations of that era it's a glimpse into that era uh, of what it was like before social media, before television, before radio, yeah. <laughs> before that sort of telephone, the mass communications. Yes. So they're about relationships. And yeah. for me, that's that's what I want to see in a film. And that's what I want to read in a book. And frankly, that's what I love hearing in a conversation as well. It's about relationships. Yes. So Austin does something I think a little brave for the time. Mm -hmm. And that is she uses this sort of sarcasm. She uses this satirical comment about her family and friends and the community. Um, She does the same thing with the social components in terms of customs and traditions and manners and conduct. And she pokes fun at it by pointing out the contrast, by pointing out the differences. And I think that's what makes the book as long lasting as it's been, because despite our changes in society, they they still exist. Right. Um, Sorry, at that time... That must have been scandalous for a, for a, a, for Jane Austen for a woman to write about uh, to write a, a satire about the uh, you know the, the 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 kind of the status the status quo or what was going on at that time. Absolutely, and she wasn't part of the aristocracy, so it was clearly could have been. Who are you to make these observations? You're not entitled to do that. Well, apparently, she tried to keep her. Uh, herself anonymous ah, okay. and with her first book that was published and it was successful then she, her response when she when her father in fact provided the copy of pride and prejudice to the publisher it was noted as the same anonymous person who wrote blah 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 yeah. so she she was trying to to stay back um maybe to avoid that criticism that you're pointing out but right. certainly uh, to protect herself. 
Right. Oh, I just it, can't it, imagine it, what it would have been like if, yeah. she, if there was Twitter. No, very, very similar to to what Mary Shelley did with Frankenstein. Excellent point. Uh, yeah. the, the thing was about about her is that I think it was originally credited to Lord Byron. If I'm if I'm recalling my history correctly, I'd have to look. I'd have to, yeah, to re, relook yeah. relook that up. But what I found with um, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is that it was uh, actually you made the suggestion to me to read it out loud, and it right. made and it made more sense. Now, right. uh, is Pride and Prejudice a similar kind of uh, read, or are you like, do you think mm-hmm. that it would work better read out loud? The language in Pride and Prejudice is very difficult. Let me just read the opening sentence, which is the most frequently um, quoted sentence. And and you tell me, because I think we could translate it to 21st language, and we would see a difference. Yes. So, it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. Now you multiply that by over close to 300 pages. (laughs) And I can tell you, I still get very tired reading it and have to stop. So in answer to your question, would reading it out loud be helpful? Probably, because that's how it was written to be read out loud. Right in the evenings or the rainy days when people were gathering in their, dare I say, their living rooms, their, their salons. Right. Now, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but okay. I think that the soundtrack to Bride and Prejudice, which we'll be getting into, summarizes that it, that entire thing with no wife, no life. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's a, that's a great translation. And uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll get in. We'll get into that. But I mean, it's just, um, yeah, that. I mean, just listening to it made me tired. That well, that opening. That yeah, opening. So I just want to finish summing up the book by saying, essentially, it's about change and how to make change. Right. It's about people growing up. It's about people coming to an understanding about relationships in their immediate community, who they have fun with, who they party with. And and so therefore, that means that she's she is looking at morality. She is looking at ethics. She's looking at the people who are superficially good versus the people who are authentically good. Again, I don't want to jump ahead to the movie quite yet, but but it's important to note that the detail offered in the novel right. gives you a lot of the backstory and a lot of the explanations um, for what isn't <laughs> and is assumed in the subsequent adaptations that we're that we're looking at right so that's why we're focused on social and home life and not business life exactly that's why we're looking not so much at generational family dynamics because there's only really one set of parents and one other parent that we hear about in the 2005 movie different than the Bollywood version, and I, you'll have to tell us about what's, what's in zombies. <laughs> what, are there any parents around? I think there are a couple. Yes. there. Well, I, I don't want to give too much away. I mean, it's Pride and Prejudice and zombies. So we'll, 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 we'll chat more about that when, when we get to it. 
Okay, so one last comment. Critics nope, no worries. Of the 2005 film, um, were outraged that the another the second famous line in the book wasn't included in the film version, the 2005 film version. That that statement comes from uh, Lizzie, the second youngest, second oldest, <laughs> sister number two. Yes, our, our heroine. Well, there are so many of them. Right. Till this moment, I never knew myself. But I would argue that people who watched the 2005 film were predominantly Austin fans. So they yes. knew that she was going through a tremendous scrutiny and she was she was having a paradigm shift, to use that expression. Yeah. She was making change. She was growing up because it, she is only supposed to be 20 and coming into herself, um, the, our hero, um, Fitzwilliam Darcy is in his later 20s, so he has a little bit more maturity. Right. But we, but essentially what we see are people changing. Yes. And I think that's inspirational. And I think, therefore, the folks who put together the 2005 film, as well as the Bollywood film, and you tell us about zombies, <laughs> <laughs> it, it shows a comprehension of the novel. The novel is a great set of bones. Yes. And people have done adaptations of it, which is exactly what, in my opinion, adaptation means. <laughs> right. Okay, so how's that for some background with regards to the, the novel? Because what we want to do is compare, as I said, yes. the visuals, the music, and the adaptations from the novel. Three key things yes. that I think each of the films do very well. Yes, I would agree on that one. Oh, right. In, so. in particular. So um, the whole idea of this and, and uh, the reason why we're doing this show was the fact that you actually said, maybe we should watch Pride and Prejudice. And like I said, I mentioned the fact that I kind of rolled my eyes and went, really? Well, you know <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, the thing was, is that, I mean, this is not English class. This is not, you know, I, but... I am so glad I watched that first 2005 because first of all, it's visually stunning, uh, extremely well shot, uh, extremely well acted. And, um, well, you, you were, I think you were the one that actually mentioned the music, oh, yes. which is something yeah. that I, which I think probably in the back of my mind went, well, you know, I do have the soundtrack. <laughs> I do. I do have, I do have it. And I, you know, I haven't listened to it for a long time. But hearing the, um, the the juxtaposition with um, visuals and music and the cinematography in the film is um, again stunning, and the use of of uh, of camera angles and yeah. and editing is yep. is is really something else as well. And if you have not seen the 2005 version, I highly recommend it. We saw it on Amazon Prime. Did we not? Or yes, I believe it was no, Amazon. No. Oh, um, the 2005 movie is on Netflix. Okay, sorry. The other two are on Prime Video. That's right. Okay, so yeah, if you haven't seen it, and you're feeling, yeah, you're feeling like, <laughs> like not romantic. Don't say romantic. No, no, no. If you're if you're if you're feeling like a period piece, even even something along those lines, 
And I mean, I think you mentioned you mentioned the use of clothing and, and that sort of thing, and they stretched yeah. it a little bit. Yeah. I think for an American audience, Pride that that 2005 Pride and Prejudice, they probably went. You know, unless somebody goes in and says this is not period clothing, I don't think it's going to matter too much. <laughs> I don't think most people would have noticed. Exactly. This is this I don't is think the thing. They know their history well enough. <laughs> Precisely. However, for film buffs, yes, I'm so glad that you you gave this film you know that suggestion to your audience members because the music is exquisite to my ears. Yes, the music isn't just a reflection of the, the romantic era of music. It includes the birds. It includes the animals in, in the barnyard animals. Yes. It includes the rain. The rain is a beautiful soundtrack in this film. Yes. Um, it includes so many other things that I found, certainly in the first two minutes, never mind the first 12 minutes, yeah. that I, I almost was holding my breath thinking oh my god this is just so masterfully put together yes and i was totally swept up into thinking they've recreated a turner painting they've recreated that whole feel for the movie right and that's what i look for in a film is to feel yes that's and 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 that i that definitely comes out in this film is that exquisitely there 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 is I would even go so far as to say, and I've mentioned this before about uh, about other films, yeah. um, particularly uh, Mr. Holmes. Oh um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, with the the idea of of British films being very good, good at visual storytelling, and not giving it all away with by with uh, with excess dialogue and that sort of thing. It's interesting that you say that because don't you find UK films for the most part are based on novels, so they're very dialogue driven. They are, but do you not find as well as that they are also at the same time very, um, vi- like there is there is craft that goes into the British films. There is a real, I mean, it's not it, and the, the actors go through their 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 they they pull their they they go through the paces. I keep thinking of Alan Rickman. And how nobody knew who he was until he was in Die Hard, but yeah, he had he hard. but he had been on stage and done films as you know as far back as at least the you know the 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 seventies. So he'd been he'd been working in that uh, in in that genre. So yeah, when you see, in my opinion at least, when you see a British film and when you see there is a distinct look and there is a distinct style and that that screamed at me when we, we were watching Bri- yeah. uh, Pride and Prejudice. Yes, yeah, especially when it's coupled with um, Dario um, Marinelli's music. Uh, yeah. He he gave an attention to the details, in my opinion, with his craft, um, certainly as, as a pianist himself. Yes. Um, but he, j- he made that movie sing. He made that movie just become a total experience for me. I'm sorry, I'm repeating myself. Yeah, but, no worries. And, it, and it's pre-digital. Yes. So you and I have talked about the bookends in this movie, the opening scenes matching the ending scenes. Right. And we're looking at liter- what to me is, is a Turner painting opening the, country, the landscape of the country with the dawn just starting over the mountains 
Yeah. And she's walking, not mountains, hills. And she's walking, reading a book. I don't know how you can read a book at dawn. But anyway, and I've got to answer a question that you posed some time ago uh, in second. And and what you hear first from 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 the opening when the production companies you know flash their logo and all of right. that stuff. You have to listen really carefully, which of course, let me tell you, I am now on my you know fiftieth viewing. Right. It's first you hear a couple of birds twittering, and as the sun is literally rising over the hills and the trees, there's more of a chorus from the birds. And then slowly a line of piano comes in, slowly it matches up with her walking, reading a book, and focuses real tight on a shot of her um, satisfaction in reading the book. And I'll, I'll, I'll give, and then the same thing happens at the end. It's, it's the same broad landscape sweep, it's sunrise, and the, <laughs> the star-crossed lovers, <laughs> to use a cliche, are walking towards each other. And there's just, I, I enjoy that satisfaction of bookends. So let me answer your question. You asked me, what was she reading? Yes. And I did not listen properly when you asked me that question, because I thought you were asking, what did she read in general? Because she does in in the story. Yes, she does self education. She's educating herself. Right. Well, apparently, what she was reading was supposed to be a copy of First Impressions, which was the nineteen seventy. Wait, wait, wait for it. Nineteen published in eighteen ten. So late late nineteen nineties version of Pride and Prejudice. It was her first vision that was first impressions, which I thought was a lovely inside touch. (laughs) And the fact that she smiles when she finishes the book is kind of another nice inside tip. (laughs) Okay. Well, here we are, and we've been talking about the music, so why don't we have a listen to it? This is uh, um, music by a... uh, Sorry, Dario Marianelli, yep. and uh, this is uh, was released on the Decca label back in 2005, and so we'll be back in just a little bit. Thank you. 
And with a little bit of music from the 2005 version of Pride and Prejudice, that's music by Dario Marianelli. Well, if you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at Visions Sound. You can also try me on my website, visionsinsound.ca. You can also try me on Good Pods and Apple Music if you want to go that route. Well, welcome back to Visions and Sound. As this week, we are looking at three unique, somewhat, adaptations of Pride and Prejudice. And joining me on the show this week is my co-host, Susan Gao. Welcome back. Thank you, Rob. I'm so happy to be here talking about these films all right well now we're going to move on to the 2004 bollywood adaptation right now this was something i was aware of but um had not seen until um until again we we did the whole pride and prejudice uh a thon i guess for, for, for lack of a better word now this one is very interesting and this one um, one of the big things that jumped out at me, and I think it jumped out at you as well, was the color, the use yeah. of color and yeah. and sound in this film. It's it's all over this movie, and it's just, it's gorgeous to, to watch and gorgeous to, to listen to. Now, it's obviously definitely a different take on the story of, of, uh, of Pride and Prejudice, Um but it still maintains the the core story there, mm-hmm. and yep. uh, so yeah, it's for me. For me, it, it was well. First of all, I I have just kind of recently gotten into Bollywood films, so now to be able to to sit back and 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 watch these films um, with someone else and an adaptation of a of a of an, um, uh, uh, what is considered the, you know, uh, one of the great American novels we'll say, or the, sorry, the uh, great British, British, no- British novels. I meant, British I meant, I meant British, no- British novels. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's one of those interesting looks and, you know, uh, the thing about the thing about the Bollywood adaptations is as, uh, as they go, I mean, I mean, Bollywood has done some pretty unusual adaptations um, in fact, there was even a, a, a proposed, this is, this is a proposed adaptation. It never happened of first blood. Uh, now that would have been a very different, um, Bollywood adaptation it would have been very interesting to see where that went. Anyway, um, my take on this film is it just has, it, it's the music that propels this, this um, this particular, uh, film and it draws from many different in my, in, in, in my take on this, there's a there and there's the one scene in particular, and I think we'll, we'll discuss it briefly where they're on the beach and all of a sudden the, all of a sudden the, the, the gospel choir comes in. I think that was such a, a wonderful, surreal moment in the film. So Susan, um, your take on Bride and Prejudice. Oh, thanks, Rob. I think it's important to note the formal title of this 2004 film, and it's Bride and Prejudice, colon, The Musical, which is different from many other Bollywood films that take on their legends, their myths, look at their history, all the different cultural developments. And so the focus on this film 
as you pointed out, is literally the music, but as you and I also talked, coupled with the visuals, as well as how close, or, you know, or what kind of adaptation is it of the novel? Right. So I find, I can't, no matter what mood I am in, when I have watched this film, I cannot stop <laughs> tapping my toes. It's very uplifting. There's a lot of dance in it, just as there is dance in the 2005 yes. romantic version, but it's a different type. So as you point out, there's the colorful vi visuals with very flamboyant costumes consistent with the Bollywood musical yes as is the dance it's energetic it's fun it's mischievous it it and so the happy ending is already you know assumed interestingly enough this film also opens up on a sunrise um and it it then shows us the nature part of it in fields and her being on a, the heroine being on on a tractor and it's followed by the landing of the airplane and the noise and the chaos of the city. Um, sadly, the smog and certainly the heat, uh, it's really prevalent in the skies. Yes. But my point being is that it engages our senses. It engages the mix, the beautiful mix between um, the music and the visual. And I think that that becomes the outstanding part of, of this film, especially when we look at the pre-wedding gathering, the wedding gathering, um, and then uh, there's another gathering after that, and the costumes are just out of this world, yep, right? Exactly. And, you know, that that's the that's the thing about, about Bollywood films in general is it's the spectacle that is, that, yeah, that is, yeah. that is important. And... Um, and that has come through in like in a lot of the the uh, you know specifically, and I'll use one of the um, one of the the examples that that I've seen within the past little while was Bahubali, and right. uh, just just the the spectacle involved in putting this stuff together. I mean, there's there's one point where um, Bahu uh, if uh, Bahubali stops uh, or he gets this one item from this waterfall. And brings it back and puts it, and then, and then, after he does this heroic act, he dances, and right. that was the thing that that got me about about Bollywood films is that out of nowhere, just they they would break into dance, and I thought it was just such a song and dance, right. and it. And go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, and it was your son, I recall. That said, wouldn't the world be better if we all just would be able to break out into song and dance spontaneously? And and you'll be reminded, I'm sure, that in the Bollywood films, they just don't shuffle around in, in time to the music. No. And they throw their whole selves into the music. Oh, yes. It's and... truly an expression of self and right. the color. And so I'm reminded of, I think, one of the first numbers is Marriage Has Come to Town. Yep. And three women in the bridal party are out. They're doing their last shopping together as as friends, and the whole town comes together with all the business operators and 
singing, hey, we're really glad for this wedding. It's bringing prosperity and money to our town. And with each different group that's introduced, there's, it seems as if it's like a different color that's added. Exactly. And even there is representation from the transgender community, which I think <laughs> is just wonderful. So when the camera shots now, let's, there's the visual, when it pulls back yep. for an overview of this street in the town, you see it almost in rainbow colors, but yep. they're they're segregated into the different colors, and they're all singing the same, and they're all dancing the same. Right. And it's that sense of, of joyful community yes. that I really appreciate that is in this film as much as it's in many other Bollywood films. All right. Well, why don't we just... Uh, uh, immerse ourselves in Bride and Prejudice. This is the uh, uh, the soundtrack that actually was released on, of all, I haven't seen a Casablanca sound uh, uh, label release in a long time. So this is uh, Bride and Prejudice. This is the Bollywood adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. So we'll be back in just a little bit. <laughs> If 
ਵਿੱਚ ਆਇਆ ਕਰੋ ਬਾਗੇ ਵਿੱਚ ਆਇਆ ਕਰੋ ਜਦੋਂ ਚੰਨ ਛੁਪ ਜਾਵੇ ਤੁਸੀਂ ਮੁਖੜਾ ਦਿਖਾਇਆ ਕਰੋ ਜਦੋਂ ਚੰਨ ਛੁਪ ਜਾਵੇ ਤੁਸੀਂ ਮੁਖੜਾ ਦਿਖਾਇਆ ਕਰੋ
flowers are most important Bright garlands can never be forgotten No one can be at your wedding with a bad taste in their mouth So we will supply the rasmalai the guest won't leave without Pearls and precious stones imported from far and wide. We melt and mold and set for our 24 karat bride. Cut color, clarity, the best you've ever seen. Only the Kohinu is better, but you'll have to ask the queen.
destiny show me the way take me to love things only heard now I wanna see sunsets with glowing flowers nights lit with starry showers show me that world take me to love show me the way take me to love
I know it's almost 25 after one in the morning, but if you are not up and dancing, what's wrong with you? With a little bit of music from the 2004 film Bride and Prejudice, that's music by Anu. The, the songs here are composed by Anu Malik. Uh, again, on the Casablanca label. Like I said, if you, ha- if you haven't seen this movie, check it out. And here we are back on Visions in Sound with three adaptations. We've gone through two right now. And uh, so now we're going to, to come to the, the last of the adaptations. But before we do, if you are interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at visionsound. You can also try me on the website, visionsinsound.ca, where the show will show up in about two hours' time. And you'll also catch it on Good Pods or Apple Music, if you so choose. So welcome back to Visions and Sound as we are looking at three distinct but similar versions of, or adaptations of Pride and Prejudice. So Susan, I know you don't have, I, I know you're, you're you, this was the one, and I think we, we discussed, where you got five minutes in and you just kind of stopped. Because I don't do gore and violence. Yeah, so I was I was tasked with watching this one, and you know what? I honestly am so glad that I watched the 2005 version first because I think I would have been lost had I not had I not watched had I not had that context. Yep. And uh, or even even the context with the, with the novel, it would have I think it would have helped. Now, okay, so I want to point something out before you before you go into your description. Okay, it's that the budget for Pride and Prejudice and Zombies of twenty eight million was this is was was the same as the budget for the two thousand and five Pride and Prejudice film. Okay, so what they did with that twenty eight million. You're going to have to, being the one to have seen them both, you're going to have to identify, was it money well spent? What the heck did they do? Because at the box office, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies took in less than half of that budget. Okay. So they brought in $16.4 million, whereas Pride and Prejudice 2005 brought in $121.6 million. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, since I am since I am ta- uh, since I was the one that was tasked in watching this one, um, for me, again going back to the to the notion of having of having that context. Now you're saying you're saying the budgets were similar, but the three- according to to the hunt I did, they were exactly the same. Okay. They were similar. They so were that's so. I mean, I mean, there's you know, ten years difference. Between the two films, right, and you would you would figure that the um, period pieces have a tendency to be a bit more expensive. So where did that where did that where did that budget go, or where did it? I mean, and <laughs> where did it not go exactly? Now, for for me, watching watching Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, um, I thought, okay, well, this is the, the adaptation here is going to be, yeah. They're going to do the 2004, the 2005 film, but they're going to throw in like zombie stuff every once in a while. They actually incorporated them very cleverly into the story. And the zombies were 
different. They were a bit more coherent. They were, they were, they were more characters. And then that come, that, that comes up, um, in the end. And I don't want to ruin it for those that haven't seen it, but the, the ending is rather interesting. And if you, if you are familiar with Pride and Prejudice, then you would know the, what happens in the end. And, uh, and, and all of this. So it's, it's, it's very interesting to see in particular this, this adaptation. Now, oddly enough, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is based on a novel of the same That's name. Right. That's right. So it, it's interesting to, to look at that particular um, genre because that came out, I think that came out around the same time as uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire, Vampire Hunter. So I think it would have been around that same time where they had those kind of weird adaptations of, of, of of historical characters. I mean, for me, I was, I was always, I was always partial to um, Abraham Lincoln versus zombies, but that was an asylum film and it had the best portrayal of of Lincoln I've ever seen. But that's just, that's just my opinion. But going back to the, to, to the whole pride and prejudice and zombies thing. Yeah. Um, it's more than just. Pride and Prejudice with zombies thrown in. There's actually, they're actually incorporated rather well. And they're actually almost, I would say, since we're talking about a class system, which is, they're actually what, what would be, I guess what would be considered the lower class in a lot of, the the zombies. Yeah. Kind of in a, in a very unusual, weird sort of way as, as it could be with the, uh, as as they could do with 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 the, the the adaptation of the novel, so yeah, it's very strange. It, it, it for me, again going into it, um, all of the elements are there, and I mean even even the um, uh, a Pastor Collins or uh, a Reverend Collins or whatever his name what his name was, Matt Smith, who is probably best known as Do- the Doctor in the Doctor Who series. Right. He, I think he almost steals the movie in a lot of cases. Um, while everyone else is, is good in their roles, Smith threw himself into that role and he, it's such a, it's a, such a delightful performance. And it's, that's hard to say in a movie about zombies as well. (laughs) It's apparently steer the director took, the Darcy character, yes, and and turned him into a colonel, skilled in the martial arts for killing zombies. Yes, and wasn't Elizabeth? Isn't Elizabeth a warrior fighting the zombies? Yeah, she is trained in Japan, if I'm not mistaken, China yeah. or Japan. I can't remember which, but uh, she has been trained with using swords, using the, the using martial arts. And that sort of thing, and uh, uh, you know, close range weapons, and the, and that sort of thing. So it's it's very it's very what's the word I'm looking for? It's very um, fitting with the character, sure. fitting with sure. the characters, and and yeah. and the, their their uh, education level, and that sort of thing. So it's it's for me, it's just to to watch this film. And and I would like to watch it again just to see of, of things that I things that I had missed, or or you know maybe watch as as you did with 
with one one version of Pride and Prejudice and then the other version of Pride and Prejudice, maybe right. watching um, the 2005 version and then the 2016 Pride and Prejudices and Zombies. Sure. Just to to have that marathon and go through it and go. It would. I th- did we discuss the the idea of having, um, making this a, a like a, a a course, where where the, the the study of the of the of the different versions of of Pride and Prejudice, and you're well, we fi- did, and it's a brilliant idea, especially as at the top of the show we talked about. I talked about the University of Virginia having a course on Pride and Prejudice, and yeah. they looked at seventeen. Um, productions so <laughs> yep it could be done for yeah, sure and, and your and your final project would be a, an analysis of one one of contrast. one of the many um versions of pride and prejudice in even even so much as doing you know pride and prejudice and zombies sure and sure. um but yeah it, it's interesting to watch and, and for me at least uh going into the going into the film and watching how they were able to incorporate the various elements and all like they'd be going along and it would be like a, a, a you would see them them dispatch some zombies and then all of a sudden that you'd catch a line that that was done in the in the, in the 2005 film and you go wait a minute <laughs> so that's how they, that's how they worked that in good. and that sort of thing it, it was it was in in my opinion I don't know. Would I would I classify it as being a clever experiment? Ah, um, yeah. uh, because the thing is, is that I mean, you you mentioned the fact that this had gone through um, how many different directors? A number of different directors. Oh, a number of them. Yeah, yeah. So it took I, them years to get it off, to get it greenlit, and I, get moved on. I wonder why. I <laughs> wonder why. It may- well, and you got to think of a couple of things. One has to do with with um this finally came out in 2016 so yep. if it was even 10 years you know we got a recession going on around that time they were pulling money right um it was a you mentioned a, comp- a competing film that came out yes at the same time as uh, this one. what the the um um abraham lincoln yeah, va- yeah. vampire hunter yeah, yeah. probably would have been Something, something like that. I'm trying to remember the year that that Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter came out. I but think the bottom it, line is that yes. you and I both know, as do you know your audience um, members know, that it it can take 10, 15 years, sometimes even for a film to to come to fruition from um, pre-production to production to post. That it's greenlit, it's you know pulled off the shelf. It goes through a number of incarnations. And I think what's interesting is the critical comments about Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is that they, it was a back and forth. It was kind of a love-hate relationship. Right. And one critic, and I'll quote here, said, it's an unexpected and off-kilter treat, meaning the movie, mm-hmm. thanks to BBC quality cast and un-deadpan humor. And I think that that appeals to particularly the UK market. Yes. And probably to a lot of the North American market who like zombie movies. Yes. Right? So the quality of acting was there. If Steer, the director, put back a lot of the story beat points 
from the novel, from Austin's novel. Yes. They'd be from many would be familiar with it, but nonetheless, as you pointed out, it was it didn't you didn't have to know the Austin story to enjoy Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Right. So would you say, and even though you haven't seen the film, but I'd like your opinion on this anyway, <laughs> did they throw the zombies in to appeal to that demographic that wouldn't go see the 2005 Pride and Prejudice? Sure. And my comment following that is, and why not? <laughs> if somebody's got the money to do it and is willing to do it, well, what the hell? It's like just writing a, a different take on on uh, a book or a magazine story. There you go. Or a comic book. Or, you know, I'm here <laughs> for Christ's sake. <laughs> Goodness sakes. Yes. <laughs> it's like, why not? Exactly. Uh, especially as you point out, Mr. Collins had... Yeah, it's some mighty fine acting. So yeah, it, well, he he is he's in my opinion, and he I think he stole the movie, and, or pretty much close to stole the movie, Good. just just be, through his through his performance alone. Now in 2016, yeah. um, this particular score by Fernando um, Velasquez, yep, it actually made my top ten for that year. Oh, cool. So this is, so for, for me, having a listen to this is going to be, is going to be really awesome. Now we don't have a lot of time at the end, so let's, let's just get right to the music here. Well, I just want to point okay. out too, okay. that, that he is, his influence is from his Spanish culture Yes, and that he's a composer as well as a conductor, but his instrument is the cello. Playing the cellist. Okay. Cello. He's a cellist. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so I don't know how that impacts on on the music. So I'll be happy to give a listen too. All right. So here is uh, Fernando Velasquez. Hopefully, I'm, I'm pronouncing that correctly. And this was released on the Varez Saraband label. So here is Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. <laughs> anyway, back in a bit.
Where does the time go in all of the in all of this, Susan? Where does that time go? I have no no idea. Into the pleasure of discussing some very fine film work. Exactly, and you know what? I would honestly go so far as to say that it's it's the fact that we in, we love film so much that uh, that the the time flies by. In any case, that's all for us this week. But okay. uh, what we're go- just very, very quickly, some, some 
uh, a kind of a, a, a synopsis of, of of what we've been kind of what we've been talking about. The two thousand. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say that the two thousand five film is a good jumping off point if you are interested in even 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 in even in some minor way of the Jane Austen novel. Um, then then Bride and Prejudice I would say is a good follow up just to have just to see what have the fun they can have with the story and then f- if you if you are a horror fan or if you're just curious um, check out Pride and Prejudice and Zombies because it it also has a very interesting premise to it but is different enough that uh, it appeals to to the to to the horror crowd we'll say sure in any and case i would add rob yes that all three are a visual delight i would agree they're rich in sound and they can contain the key elements of the original austin novel agreed i would i would agree with that wholeheartedly um, I was uh, uh, again, and and coming away from the various films, um, each one, and and again, I, I I come at this. If you are going to watch these films, go into them knowing that um, it's a different experience. Though you will be, you'll go. Wait a minute, that one relates to this one, which relates to this one. They're different but they're the same. And it's, and, and, and for me, I think the, the three choices of films, I think were perfect for this, for this show because it does give the, it, 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 I mean, even if you're not a fan of, of, of the Jane Austen novel, you can still enjoy one of the three films. Sure. And, uh, and, and, and for different reasons. <laughs> I mean, if you, like I said, if you're not up and dancing with, uh, with uh, with Bride and Prejudice, there's something wrong with you. But if you're a horror, if you're more of a horror fan, then yeah, you'd 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 really like um, you'd really like zombies. But then also, if you're just you know, if you're just a kind of a would you would I would, would I call it a romantic? No, uh, no, I wouldn't. Although the, the elements are there, but I would say that it's a romance era story. Okay, that's probably a better way of a better way of taking it. Okay, well, that like I said, that's all for us this week. Uh, thanks for hanging in, those that did. As we continue into 2022, I hope as you're getting on with your day that you realize just how awesome you are. Never let anyone tell you any different. If you're ever not feeling right, there are people out there who care about you and are willing to chat. If not family, then some professional who can help. As Rocky said, nobody hits harder than life. I know from personal experience how hard it is for me to sit behind this mic week after week when I feel like no one's listening. I would never have made it this far without a huge team of support behind me. If you or someone you know is in crisis and needs help, resources are available. In case of an emergency, please call 911 for immediate help. The Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention, Depression Hurts, Kids Help Phone at 1-800-668-6868 or 1-844-HERE-247 and here247.ca all offer ways of getting help if you or someone you know may be suffering from mental health issues. Join me next week as we continue into August with a celebration of the 30th anniversary of the video game Indiana Jones and the Fate 
of Atlantis. Thank you, Susan, very much for being on the show. It's always a pleasure having you on. Thank you. And uh, I, I hope we'll be able to do this again. Absolutely. So I'll end off this week's show with some more music from Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And I'll be back the next week with more Visions in Sound. Brains. (laughs) 